then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They all slumbered and slept. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16-17 Shalom Alakim, greetings, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives and to support this mission of truth, this mission of delivering the Word of God to as many people around the world as possible. I thank you for your support. Um, you guys have been a great blessing to me, far more than I deserve and far greater blessing to me than I am to you. So thank you so much for that. We're continuing our series, Watching for Messiah. I think one of the most important series that I've focused on, um, and I think the timing is, uh, I think the timing is without saying, it's impeccable, impeccable. Um, I really think that things are moving towards, you know, I've been saying this for years, so things are moving towards craziness, and, and they are, and they continue to get crazier and crazier, and just when I think they can't get any more outlandish, any more insane, it does. And so we know that it's going to continue to to go that direction. Um, with that said, you know, there's never been a greater time to be paying attention. And if we are right, if this really is the terminal generation... This is the generation that will see the returning of Jesus Christ. Then know that you were chosen for, time, for such a time as this. I mean, I want you to think about that. If we're correct, and I believe we are, that we will be the generation to seize the return of Christ and the end of the world and the beginning of the new Jerusalem and a new heaven and a new earth and a new reign... We are blessed among men I mean, and women. I mean, we are blessed beyond any other generation to be able to witness such a thing and to be a part of such a thing and to be a part of a great works at the end of time. I think about this podcast, and if and I, again, I keep saying if, and the reason why I use the word if is because I don't know. I don't have it all figured out. I refuse to be one of those teachers who stands back here with arrogance and pride and acts like I've got it all figured out and I've got it all together because I don't. This is, I believe that we are, but I could be wrong. But if I am correct, 
then this podcast is more important than I can conceive because it's going out and it's ministering to people in the last days to come to Jesus before it's too late. And those of you who are part of that work, you are part of this also. Those of you who pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are suffering, you're a part of this. We're all a part of this. And we've been chosen by God to play this role in the last days. Therefore, we should praise His holy name that we would be so worthy, that we would be accounted worthy to be a part of this. Let's get into our study for the day. Matthew chapter 25, dealing with the ten maidens, the wise and foolish virgins, as it's been called. And of course, I dealt with this not too long ago when we went through the Gospel of Matthew, but we're revisiting some of these things as we do this series, Watching for Messiah. So we're going to talk about that today, the wise and the foolish maidens, the wise and the foolish virgins. And it really kind of connects with the one we just studied last week out of Matthew chapter 24 with the servant who thought in his heart, my master has delayed his coming. And he went back to sinful ways. He went back to drinking with the drunkards and Messiah came and it was too late for him. He wasn't ready. He wasn't prepared. The once saved, always saved doctrine didn't work for him. His portion was appointed with the hypocrites and with the non-believers. We see something scarily, eerily similar in the next parable that Jesus tells. Because remember, there wasn't chapters in the Bible originally, right? So it goes from Jesus telling the story about the man who thought in his heart that the Lord was delaying right into the foolish virgins. It wasn't like it was two days later, okay? This is all the same conversation. Let's dig right in and get started and look at this. Then, verse 1, chapter 25, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, it's important to note, what is he talking about? Specifically, what is he talking about? Well, he tells us he opens up with the kingdom of heaven. All right, that time, the kingdom of heaven is like this short story that I'm about to tell you. Okay? Verse 2. Let me just start over. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were wise, or I'm sorry, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Okay. So what we have is we have ten virgins, or ten servants, ten maidens, whatever you want to look at. And they go out to meet the bridegroom. Okay. Half of them, five of them, were foolish. Meaning they were not prepared. They didn't take any extra oil with them. In the event that Messiah doesn't show up the minute they are expecting. The wise ones took extra oil just in case. Now, people speculate, what does the oil represent? And they get into arguments. Some people think it's the Holy Spirit. Some people think 
you know, there's all kinds of thoughts on it. Here's the actual point. It's much simpler than that. The point is simply being prepared, ready, at a moment's notice to go. That's the idea. The wise ones thought ahead. They were prepared. They were ready to meet Messiah whenever Messiah would actually show up. Okay, They're ready to meet the bridegroom whenever it is that he shows up. And in the event that he's not there that minute, they've got the extra oil. The foolish ones, they're not thinking ahead. They're not prioritizing this. Do you understand? Because if it was their priority, they would be thinking ahead, they'd be planning ahead, they'd be prepared and ready for whatever. So verse 4, But the wise took oil in their lamps with in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. All right, so we have the same event, similar story. And the one we studied last week, it's, it appears that the master has delayed in his coming, right? And so he's like, ah, oh, my master's delayed. He's not coming back anytime soon. I'm going to go back to getting drunk and blah, 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 blah. And then the master returns, takes him off guard. He's not ready. He's not prepared. Therefore, his portion is with the hypocrites and with the non-believers. In this story, we have the same problem. They all get oil. Some of them were smart enough and wise enough to take extra oil. Some of them weren't. And then it's then, it, then the bridegroom tarries. He doesn't come exactly when they're expecting. They thought, oh, he would, he'd be here by now. Right? But he's not. So as he's delayed, they all slumber and sleep. All of them. Sometimes I wonder if we're in that phase right now. You know, we had that, we had all this push. People thought Jesus was coming back any moment. 2014, 2015, 16, and 17. Everybody's, there's still people setting dates right now for the rapture. I just saw one that somebody had been setting for May 14th, which was yesterday. Because that would be the end of the 70th year of Israel's existence. And everybody was sure he would come within the 70 years. And then he didn't. And there's been a lot of people who've been burnt by this kind of thing. They've watched, they've, they've seen these videos, these false prophets. Everybody's saying Jesus is coming back in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. People are burnt out with the date setters and all of this. Donald Trump gets elected, and you have Bible teachers talking about how he's the new Cyrus and blah, blah, blah. And so I think we're in that period right now, a very dangerous period right now, where many Christians might be asleep. Might be falling asleep. Well, the Lord has delayed. I guess he's not coming back when we thought he was. The book of Acts, or not the book of Acts, I'm sorry. I want to go to... Something the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 13. Verse 11, he says this, And that knowing the time that is, that is high time. Let me start over. And that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Paul's saying now's the time to wake up. Because... We're closer to that day than, than when we first believed, right? And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. 
the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. And let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Paul's saying it's time to pull it together. Get away from your sin. Awake. Wake up. Because the time is near. Let me read the commentary from Matthew Henry on that verse. Here's what he says. He says, when to awake. Now it is high time to awake. To awake out of sleep, of sin. For a sinful condition is a sleeping condition. Did you catch that? Matthew Henry is saying this whole sleep thing. It's like going back to sin. It's like not watching anymore. What happened with the servant, the evil servant who thought that his Lord had delayed in his coming? He went back to sin, right? I keep beating this dead horse here about why we watch for Messiah. Jesus told us when he told his disciples when he was in the garden, you need to watch lest you fall into sin, right? When you take your eyes off of Jesus, when you stop watching, when you start, when you stop expecting his return, you open yourself up to fall asleep and to fall into sin. He says the flesh is willing, or I'm sorry, but the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is the theme that I'm starting to see that I never saw before. Jesus is telling us to watch for him for a few reasons. Number one, because if we take our eyes off him, we're going to fall back into sin. Right? If we're, if we're not expecting that he can return today, if we're not watching for him and ready today, we're going to think in our hearts, well, he's not coming to delay today. I got time. I got time. Maybe I'll feed the flesh a little bit. And number two, he's coming at a time that we think not. Obviously, look at all the date setters who continue to be wrong year after year after year. And some of these are good Christian men and women who love Jesus Christ. And they just so desperate for his return. And they're putting all these things together. And they think this could be it. And they, a lot of them have good intentions. But they lead so many people astray. And then people get all fired up about these dates. And then they don't happen. And then what happens? They go back to sleep thinking the Lord has delayed. Let me finish reading this commentary. Now it is high time to awake, to awake out of the sleep of sin, for a sinful condition is a sleeping condition. Out of the sleep of carnal security, sloth, and ne negligence, out of the sleep of spiritual death, and out of the sleep of spiritual deadness, both the wise and foolish versions slumbered and slept. Look at that. He's referring back to the scriptures we're reading right now. We have need to be often excited and stirred up to awake. The word of command to all Christ's disciples is, Watch, awake, be concerned about your souls and about your internal interest. Take heed of sin. Be ready to and serious in that which is good and live in a constant expectation of the coming of the Lord. Considering the time we are cast into, knowing the time, consider what time of day it is with us. And you will see it is high time to awake. 
It is gospel time. It is the accepted time. It is the working time. It is time when more is expected than was in the times of ignorance which God winked at. When people sat in darkness, it is high time to awake, for the sun has been up a great while and shines in our faces. Have we this light to sleep in? It is high time to awake, for others are awake and up about us. Know the time to be busy time. We have a great deal of work to do, and our master is calling us to it again and again. Know the time to be a perilous time. We are in the midst of the enemies and the snares. It is high time to awake, for the Philistines are upon us. Our neighbor's house is on fire, and our own in danger. It is time to awake, for we have slept enough. High time indeed, for behold, the bridegroom cometh. The salvation we are upon the brink of now is our salvation nearer than when we believed, than when we first believed. And so took upon us the profession of Christianity, eternal happiness which we choose for our portion is now nearer to us than when we became Christians. Let us mind our way and mend our peace, for we are now nearer our journey's end than we were when we had our first love. You remember the scripture in Revelation. Jesus tells the church, remember your first love. Get on fire for Jesus again. Don't fall to sleep, fall into sin. He says, awake, be concerned about your souls and your eternal destiny. Take heed of sin, be ready to and serious in which is good. Jesus says, do work now while it's daylight because eventually night comes when no man can work. This is what we're being called to. This is what we're being called to. Let's get back to our text. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Verse 6. At a midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but ye go but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Listen, if ye're not prepared, when that trumpet sounds, when that shout comes, no one can help you. You can't fix it at that point. Verse 10, and while they went to buy, see, now they're trying to pull it together. They're trying to get themselves together. But it's too late. The bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, and he said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So the foolish virgins are out trying to get ready, but it's too late. And then when they think they've got it pulled together, they think they've got what they need, they come knocking on the door, and the Lord says, I don't even know you. And then he reminds us what this whole parable was about. Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. It's time for all these date setters to get it through to their heads. 
You're not going to figure it out. Your job is to be ready and to do the work of the Lord. That's your mission. That's what you're called to do. Everybody wants to know, what's my calling? What's my calling? Your calling is to be a salt and a light to the earth, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to be ready and watching for his return that could come at any moment. It doesn't matter what all these timelines and charts and end-time teachers are saying. The minute I hear somebody say, he can't come back today, this and this and this and this and this has to happen, I turn it off. That's not what Jesus explains to us over and over and over. He explains it's going to come unexpected, suddenly, like the days of Noah. People will be eating and drinking, getting married, doing life normally. And boom, sudden destruction comes and takes them all away. They're knocking on the door and he says, I don't know you. He tells us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You say, but works don't save us. True. But your works demonstrate what you really believe. That's why James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. Verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name, and then a name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. By the way, he's not talking to atheists and Satan worshipers. Like so many pastors try to act like. Satan worshipers and atheists don't do works and prophesy in the name of Jesus. It's people who profess to believe, but it's all intellectual profession only. They don't really know the Lord. They've agreed in their mind, but never in their hearts. That Jesus Christ is Lord and is the Son of God and that God rose him up on the third day. This is why the scriptures say, work your salvation out with fear and trembling. It doesn't say, say the sinner's prayer and go on your merry way. You've got the fire insurance. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow after me. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Jesus is warning that not everyone who says Lord, Lord, calls him Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who are doing the will of his Father, which is in heaven. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. That word knew, that same word in Greek is used in another passage in Luke. When the angel shows up to Mary and says, you're going to have the Christ child. And he says in verse 33, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. And then Mary says unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Same word. It's a picture of intimacy. It's not a, it's not a yeah, Bob, I know Bob down the street. It's, it's a picture of intimacy. I know them very, very well. We're close. We communicate often. I love this person. Lord, help me and help all of you to have a great love for Jesus Christ. Help us to know him intimately and not just intellectually, not just an intellectual agreement, but a heart agreement. 
Help us to hate sin. Help us to awake out of our slumber. And to be on fire for the return of Christ once more. That's my prayer. I pray that you've been blessed by this message this morning. I don't think I really have much more to add. I think this pretty much covers it for today. Be watching. Don't fall asleep. Be prepared. Don't say in your heart you've got it all figured out. And don't say in your heart the Lord has delayed in His coming and go back to your ways. Go back to the flesh. How awful would it be to hear that trumpet while you're in the midst of sin and while you're in the midst of a life that doesn't bring glory to God. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.